Shouldn't shopping be as much fun as summer itself? That's what Macy's Backstage is all about. We've got the finds you can't resist, the brands you love, swimwear, shorts, sandals, everything for outdoor entertaining, pool parties, and more. With new deals arriving every week at prices so low, you never need a coupon. And when you see something, get it, because it's here today, gone tomorrow. That's the excitement of never knowing what you'll find, but always finding something. And just like summer, there's no better feeling. Visit Macy'sBackstage.com for locations. Welcome, Star Wars fans, to episode 10 of Tatooine Sons. On this very special episode, we'll be sharing our amazing experience meeting Ryan Johnson, the writer and director of The Last Jedi. Plus, we'll be answering the burning question whether Chewie ate the pork, and a lot more that you're definitely not ready for. Don't get cocky, kid. It's time for Tatooine Sons. The Force is strong in my family. I am your father. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I'm joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. A shoot to Star Wars fans, uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, then you're just missing out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> totally. Um, and of course, you can't have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So on that note, here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi guy. Yeah, um... Kind of a slow Star Wars week, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, does this feel like deja vu to anybody else? A little Feels bit. like we've done this before. Uh-huh. It helps when the microphone works. Um, anyway, um, so here we are. It's uh, beginning of February, and we still have no solo trailer to talk about. I guess it's going to be during the Super Bowl, which means we have to watch the Patriots in the Super Bowl. How do you guys feel about that? Well, we have to watch. Mm-hmm. The I don't even week. watch the Super Bowl. Well, It'll be up watch... in like five seconds. What's that? The the, the 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 thirty seconds will be up on Facebook, YouTube, everything. Yeah, but we're watching out. it because we do that, and you just aren't going to get out of it. Anyway, we got to root for the Eagles uh, because they're not the Patriots. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and then I guess the next morning is when the Good Morning America yeah. the screening is going to take or the trailer is going to be on screening. there. Screening. I don't know why I've got screening on my brain. Well, maybe. I don't know. Foreshadowing. Um, and then um, still a couple weeks from Rebels. Yeah. So no Rebels to talk about. No Last Jedi's getting ready to leave a lot of the theaters, getting ready to go to discount theaters. We've seen it eight or nine times. Talked about a lot. I mean, there's a lot to talk about with The Last Jedi, but nothing like breaking with The Last no, Jedi. No. As far as, uh, maybe there is a little breaking news yeah. with The Last Jedi. Maybe. maybe you guys will have to wait till the very end of the podcast to find out that breaking news. It's Spoiler actually- uh, freaking alert. Anyway, um, so I guess we should probably talk about what happened with us this week. We can talk about mm-hmm. our lives a yeah. little bit. Okay. I mean, maybe you guys can get to know us a little bit better. Yeah. With yeah. That. Well, so, we're on the 10th episode. And yeah, it's episode 10, right? Yeah, that's awesome. That's right. So anyway, Sam, why don't you talk about what happened not last Monday, but the mon- or Monday before that. We got some saw something on Twitter and uh, decided we'd... Take a shot at something. So explain what happened with that. Yeah. So uh, Collider, um, the podcast Collider and all them, were doing. they've been doing these like IMAX uh, screenings where they show the movie and then after the movie they have this uh, extended Q&A with the director, right? 
So they were doing one of those for Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson. So we figured might as well put our, our uh, names in the hat. Just why because, not? I mean, right? it can't hurt. don't ask, you don't get right. So, so we we uh, we put our names in the hat, and then well, hold on, hold on. I want to say this though to all of you guys that follow us on Twitter. You guys were amazing with oh, that because yes. you guys were tweeting out to Collider and tweeting out to Stephen Weintraub, who's the guy that was making the decision for Collider and asking them to let us be a part of that. And we want you guys to know how much we appreciate the fact absolutely. that you got so much behind us. Yes. And, and um, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a big thank you. Why don't we give you guys a round of applause? <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. So we send out our, app- our application through email uh, we, and go about our lives. Right. And then, um, Sunday. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, the 28th, I think. Mm-hmm. That was the day they were going to make the decision. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We were all just uh, we were all just sitting there on the couch, chilling. You know, dads, you know, we're all kind of on our phones just because that's how we hang out sometimes. And then all of a sudden, dad just screams, freaking out, or whatever. <laughs> and we all know what he's freaking out about. It's obviously this Last Jedi thing, but we think he's just kidding. Because he's done stuff like this before where he'll freak out, and then I'll be like, just kidding. So we're like, I'm, I'm, I'm also. Never do that with Star Wars, though. Uh, no. I'm sitting here all skeptical, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that's happening. And he's like, no, really. And he starts reading the podcast, saying, "You've been uh, selected," or the the email, excuse me, not podcast. You've been selected uh, to come to the screening um, of the Last Jedi, and there was what 1500? over fifteen hundred people Appli- wow. applied. How many? And there was only 150 seats. Two theaters, one with 100 seats, one with 50 seats, and every person was given the opportunity to bring a guest. So only 75 less than that, probably, because there was a lot of, of uh, you know, brass staff. and staff and stuff like that that were there. Uh, they, uh, we, less than 75 people got selected. And we got an email that we got selected. That was the awesome news, right? Absolutely. But then there was a little bit of bad news associated with that. So, BB Nate, why don't you tell what the bad news was? Well, um, we get the email, and it says that the host, the person that got the, the guest, email, yeah, the guest. or the the the, the awardee, whatever, yeah. yeah, can only bring one guest. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, and we only have, and we have three people. Yeah, and, and we, we we do everything as all three of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Star Wars is our thing, so right. So that was kind of... And I'm feeling bummed because Sammy let me go. Gave up his spot. What an amazing big brother. I can't even begin yes. to describe how awesome that was. Don't that you agree, BB Nate? Yeah, I agreed. But I started to... It's true. All of it. Yeah? Yeah, I started to feel a little bit sad because we do everything together as a group. Yeah. Just all three of us. And then... We have this problem, so we don't know what to do. So, we come along, Wednesday comes along, and we decide that we let Sammy to hang out in the line. Yeah, so Sam, why don't you explain what the decision was? We decided that we'd try to make this work, so explain yeah. how we did So, we figured we were, we were going to drive two cars up to L.A. Um, I would drive one, my wife would drive the other. Yeah, and I would come up there just to hang in line and to see if maybe by some stroke of luck I would get in. Um, so we go up there, make the the uh, well worth it two hour trip, 
Uh, and we're waiting in line. There's only like what, 15 people? Yeah, maybe 15 in front of us by the time we got there. Maybe not even that much. And lines are part of Star Wars. If you've been to Celebration, you've been to waiting at midnight showings of Star Wars, things like that. Lines and and just sort of mingling in the line and hanging out and waiting is a big part of the Star Wars life. Absolutely. So we were cool with that. Sam wanted to experience that with us. Mm -hmm. And and so we, we decided to do that. But you know, there was always the chance that something could happen. Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. Yeah, so maybe we could talk our way out of this and get him in there. So what happened with that? Well, you suggested, you came up with the idea that maybe uh, maybe someone came and they didn't bring a guest along. So I go and ask this one guy who looked like he was alone. If And I, I, I think I may have phrased it wrong because I was like, uh, do you have a guest pass? Did you get a guest pass? And he's like, no. And I think that it confused him because no one ever got a guest pass. They just, I, I was probably should have asked if he brought a guest. Yeah. But anyway, um, it worked out. So, so I, I go back and it doesn't, doesn't work. And mom's like, well, there's this other lady here that she doesn't look like she has anyone as a guest. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go ask. I just asked that other guy. Uh, so my awesome mom goes around there and, uh, asks her if she had a guest with her. Explain what was going on, and she was like, "Oh, sure, sure, you can. He can come." So yeah. she let me uh, um, wait in line with her and be her guest. Yeah. So I mean, you hung out with us until it was time to go in, and then you went in line with her. And so to you, the angel in the uh, screening line in front of us, thank you so much for yes, thank uh, doing you. that. So um, we got in, all three of us yes. got into it. Yep, we did. And so that's awesome. And if that's all that had happened. We all got to go together to the IMAX headquarters, which is where this was, which was amazing. IMAX headquarters in LA. Watch the screening of The Last Jedi on the massive IMAX screen. And then get to see Ryan Johnson in person answer questions about the movie. That would have been an amazing experience. Yes. Oh, yeah. But there's more to this experience <laughs> that we have got uh, to talk about, uh, which we will uh, in just a second. But before we get to that, um, we have got to... Look at our poll question of the week. All right, so the poll question from last week was, which are you most excited about in The Last Jedi? Uh, Added content in the novel, deleted scenes on Blu-ray, or couldn't care less. We had 277 votes, which is great. Uh, Thank you guys for voting in our poll. 47% of you said you're most excited about the deleted Blu-ray scenes. What do you think about that, BB Nate? Uh, I I agree. You think it makes sense? I do agree, yes. Yeah. Ryan Johnson talked a little bit about that. Uh, mm-hmm. During the during the thing, the deleted yeah. scenes. Twenty seven percent of you are crazy uh, because you said you couldn't care less. What do you think about that, Samuel the Hutt? Boo. Yeah. What are you talking about? Extra Star Wars stuff? Last more Last Jedi content? I can't hurt. Well, it's only good, right? You guys want backstory? There's your backstory. So, <laughs> um, and then twenty six percent said you would look for added content in the novel. So. That was the poll. All right. So before um, we were talking about the fact that we got in and we got to the screening, here's what ends up happening. So towards the end of the uh, conversation with Ryan Johnson between Stephen um, Weintraub from Collider. By the way, thank you, Collider. Thank you, Stephen, oh, Collider yeah. Frosty, for giving us this opportunity. Um, what an awesome uh, experience this whole thing was as you guys listen to this podcast uh, you're going to find that out. And Ryan Johnson answered some amazing questions. Stephen, you did an amazing job asking questions, crafting oh, yeah. the questions. The content that Ryan gave 
on this uh, conversation was absolutely amazing. And if you're a Patreon supporter of ours, you're going to get access to some more conversations about this as we're going to take each one, a series of those questions that he's answered over the next five or six weeks. Um, we're going to take a, uh, one of those questions. We'll play uh, the question and the answer for you, Ryan's thoughts, and then share our thoughts on it as well. And that'll be exclusive on Patreon. So if you're not a Patreon supporter and you want access to that, it's really simple. Just go to patreon.com slash Tatooine Sons, S-O-N-S, Tatooine Sons. Uh, or you can just search for Tatooine Sons on pa- Patreon. And our site will come up, a pledge of just $1 a month. That's it. $1 a month will get access to all of our additional content. So that's just a little plug there. But as, as he was finishing up that conversation, Stephen uh, announced that they were going to open up the floor to questions from the audience. And so, you know, everybody started getting buzzing around, talking about different things that were going to happen with that. And I pulled out something in my wallet that I had been holding from the night before. And this is what happened. First, uh, thank you for an amazing movie. Thanks. And uh, an experience that we had nine times in the family. So, it inspired us to put together our own little podcast that we do every week where we get to sit around and geek out about Star Wars. That's so cool, man. That's Um, so cool. I love that. Last night, we were eating dinner at a Chinese restaurant, and I opened my fortune cookie, and this is what it said A lingering question will be answered happily tomorrow. You see the smile on my face? Uh, great. So there's a question, and it came up again in this movie, and so I'm, I'm sure that everybody in the room wants to know, did Chewy eat the pork? <laughs> <laughs> they smile. Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> no, that's the whole thing. He didn't eat it. He only killed and roasted it. <laughs> <laughs> He's so wasted. <laughs> <laughs> it was yummy. All right, Porg Nation, uh, you have finally gotten your answer. Chewie does not eat the Porg. I have a theory. You have a theory, okay? I Go think, for it. I think Chewie is going to start uh, the PETA. I think Chewie is going to start the PETA of the Star Wars universe. Well, I mean, PETA, doesn't that stand for people eating tasty animals? Okay, if you're a PETA supporter, please understand that was a joke. Okay, we're just, we don't want to offend you. We want all, all animals to be treated kindly and ethically and all that but come on that was funny and we thought i think i still wonder if he's wrong um but you know that's it so what do you think about that we got to i i got to ask a question based on my fortune cookies you know you got to ask the first the first question of the week of the entire night and that was pretty awesome so what did you guys think about that i i I thought it was cool because he picked on you and it just they brought a mic to you, but it's kind of hard because they had a 50-seater auditorium that wasn't in the 100-seat. We got into the 100-seat. And so we were sitting in the middle, and uh, they had to walk up the stairs, which were full of people. <laughs> right. Just to bring you a mic. And, and I, we were sitting like on the third row, right in the set, smack dab in the middle. And so getting a mic to the middle was hard. A lot of people in the middle didn't get questions answered mm-hmm. on that. But we got the first one. Woo-hoo. It was awesome. It was so, so, great. so there's your answer. Pork Nation. Chewie did not. Chewbacca did not eat uh, the pork. Uh, but look, we're going to talk about some of the questions that he did answer because uh, that one's not a serious question. I mean, that's a fun question, right? Chewie right. eating the pork, and it was fun because I, and I was kind of glad he called on me first because it was 
my whole idea with that question was to just get the crowd warmed up and get them, uh, you know, laughing and excited and, and that type of thing. Right. And, and, you know, you could hear on the track there, uh, they were laughing about it. But there were some serious discussions um, oh, that took took absolutely. place as well. Sam, uh, you've got the first That's one. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Whoops. All right, Sam, you've got the first one. Oh. Oh. Yes, I thought you were about to play the clip. I'm not paying... Any, why, why don't you just introduce us? At least talk about what the clip is going to be about. So it may have something to do with Kylo Ren and his thoughts about killing Snoke. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Hey, that's what I wanted to ask if I could ask you a follow-up. And when he walks in that room, does he know what he's going to do, or is he making that decision in the moment? Well, my take on this is also the sort of thing, I don't know if, I mean, I, I know what I think. I don't know if it's my place to say at this point, though. I feel like the movie and scenes like that and kind of the um, I only ask because you're the writer-director. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you guys know what I mean, right? I don't know. I can I can give my take on it, but it doesn't, I guess now that the movie is out there and belongs to you guys, my take is take it, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But in my mind, he walks in there knowing basically that he is going to uh, betray Snoke and look for an opportunity, but he doesn't yet know exactly what the mechanism is and what his opportunity is going to be. But he's gone in there with the intent of whether it's now or whether it's later or whenever it is, when he brings Ray in there, he's had that connection with her and what he says in the elevator from that, in my head, I thought okay, he knows he's going to do this, he doesn't know how yet. And when he sees that opportunity with that lightsaber next to him and sees Snoke distract, you know, sees Snoke obviously like distracted and realizes he can give this an attempt, he goes for it. Because yeah, I believe there's dialogue there where he says, I know what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I, I love that sequence. We'll talk a little bit about the actual lightsaber stuff in the fight. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. So. it's effing awesome. <laughs> All right. So uh, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll move on. So talk. So Sam, go. Yeah, uh, that's pretty big. I think. That yeah, is, I mean, I, this is the writer and director giving like he says to take it with a grain of salt because the movie's already out there, which is pretty this. cool if you think about it. It's his story, right? He's the writer of the movie. He's the one that's telling the story, and he's now done. And he's like, okay, you guys get to fill in all of the gaps in the movie with your own head cannon. I don't even want to make you know my head cannon. Mm, um, yeah. with this that was pretty awesome but I'm going to take with what he says and uh, make it canon yeah. because that's pretty huge because I had that question as to whether did, did did he think of that in the moment like he has an opportunity and he's going to take it um, or was he like like premeditated this um, I mean like he said not knowing exactly the me- method that he's going to do it but just knowing that he's going to do it I yeah. think that that was really cool yes yeah it was um Bibi Nate, what did you think? I mean, the scene that they're talking about, you know, he's walking into Snoke's throne room with Ray, Ray's in the binders and all that. But the, the scene really is the scene before that. It's the elevator. It's, you yeah. know, when Ray comes in the escape pod from the Millennium Falcon onto Snoke's ship, his mega destroyer, and the First Order troops are lined up there. And Kylo Ren standing outside of her, which, by the way, does that not look like a coffin to anybody else? It does. And when she gets in the coffin and she's laying there and you see her from the side, I totally can't help but think about Padme at the end of Revenge of the Sith. It looks like the same scene with that. But anyway, she gets out. 
She's in the binders. They're heading up the elevator. It's the return of the Jedi scene with Luke and Vader, where Luke's talking about turning Vader and, and back, and Vader, right. you, you're, you're my, and, and he says the whole thing, my father is truly dead, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's in that scene, BB Nate. It's on the elevator that what Ryan's talking about here is taking place. He's trying to figure out what's going on. Do you think that Kylo Ren enters the throne room fully intending to try to kill and betray Snoke? Yes. Because he kind of explains that he didn't know how to do it. He didn't know what he was going to use, but he saw an opportunity. But the thing is, he's always, he's really timid during that whole He's so intimidated by Snoke. Yes. It's so, it's like the, you know, like a, like a, um, puppy that's been kicked too many times. Every time he walks into Snoke's... There's another Peter reference for you guys. Um, every time <laughs> he walks into Snoke's throne room, it's like he's scared. The only time you ever see him scared is in those moments Yeah, um, with it. And when you see that he says that I was the one who bridged his minds, you can tell he gets like kind of angry. So yeah, that's another thing that makes me think, did he know that he was going to kill him? Because that seems like he gets really ticked off then. Well, here's what I think. I think in that whole sequence on the elevator, when Ray is talking to Kylo and Ray's saying, I've seen your future. Um, I just a small glimpse, but clear and, and right. all that. And, and then Kylo says, I've seen the future too, and you will side with me. I think they're both having a forced vision of that moment after Snoke's death where they are working in concert with each other to take out the Praetorian Guard. Mm-hmm. And when Ray's on the elevator and she sees Kylo fighting alongside of her and Snoke dead and the Praetorian Guards attacking her, she's assuming that Kylo has joined her side because she's never going to betray the light side. Right. But then Kylo, I think, has seen the exact same sequence. And he's saying, I'm full on dark side here, folks. I'm not, I'm irredeemable. I hate Snoke for how he's treated me. The last time Snoke, or Kylo has been in that throne room, he's told him to take off the ridiculous mask. He's told him, you know, you've got too much of your father in you. I mean, he gets out of that room is when he shatters his mask and the thing. And I mean, it's crazy time. He hates Snoke when they're on that elevator. And so he's thinking, no, you're going to join me. I'm going to take out Snoke and you're going to side with me. And we're going to be on the same side there. So he knows he's going to take out Snoke. He knows he's going to betray him. But he doesn't know how until the process takes place. And then when he looks, he's standing there. He's picked up the lightsaber, his own lightsaber again. Mm-hmm. And he looks at Ray. What does he say? BB Nate, do you remember what he says? He said the same thing to his father in episode seven. I know what I have to do. Yeah. I, nothing else after that. Uh-huh. Now, in 7, he said, I know what I have to do. But I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Say that again louder so everybody but hears But I you. don't know if I have the strength to do it. No question at this point in 8, though, that he has the strength. He's not questioning that at all. Mm-hmm. No, he is fully resolved. And then he's when he takes out... Uh, the, do you, are you satisfied with Ryan Johnson's uh, perspective on that? Do you think that that's a good perspective? Do I, can I really oppose it? I mean, it's Ryan Johnson. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but no, I, I do but think... Hold on, hold on. That's what he said. That's what's so awesome about the way Ryan thinks about this. He is a fan first. That's true. Okay? And because he's a fan first, um, he's able 
to understand that he doesn't want to fill in all the gaps. Because if he fills in all the gaps, then we don't have the chance for our head cannon right. to do that for ourselves. And he loves the fact that fans are able to do this thing with the head cannon. And he was afraid or timid himself about even sharing his own head cannon because yeah. he knows that people are going to be like, but that's what Ryan Johnson said. So yeah. yeah. So the next. So the next topic is going to be about Ryan Johnson growing up a Star Wars fan. So, so go ahead. <laughs> so he grew up as a kid watching Star Wars, loving it. A Colorado kid, by the way. Woo-hoo! Um, and he kept watching watching Star Wars. Had a ton of toys. Didn't and he, he, he talked just, about like writing to the store to get novelizations of movies. Yeah, he said that before yeah. about getting like novelizations and yeah. stuff. And then he's like, I, th- that didn't spark me wanting to be a cinematographer. And he's like... Or director, yeah. Yeah, anything like that. But when his dad brought home the first... Why don't we let Ryan tell the story? <laughs> All right. I know you grew up being a Star Wars fan. Uh, did you ever, when you were a kid, were you ever making like sort of Star Wars fan films? You know, for yourself. And here's the big question. Were any of those ideas you came up with as like a little kid, did any of them make Last Jedi? <laughs> no. And that's the, the, the thing is like, because I think all of us, a lot of us who are Star Wars fans grew up like playing with the toys and coming up with stories in our heads. If we're really honest as adults, most of those stories were pretty bad. And, 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 so, uh, no, but I did like, yeah, man, that, that's kind of, that's, the whole thing is I was at Star Wars was really kind of my life when I was a little kid. That was my whole creative world. And again, I know that there's, yeah, for a lot of you who are Star Wars fans, it's the same same thing. There's just something about um, that age and your first kind of creative play being with those toys, you know. And I remember my dad, I've told this story a few times before. I apologize. I'm also at the point where I've talked a lot about the movie, so if if any of you feel like you're hearing a story I've told a dozen times, that's my greatest fear. Just start going like this, and I'll speed it up. Just give me like a high sign. Um, but my dad brought home like the first video camera we ever got when I was like in third grade, and it was the old type where um, you had to plug it into a VCR. It wasn't even a camcorder. And I picked that thing up by the top handle and held it down by my knees and ran it through the space between the coffee table and the couch. And I played it back and I said, God damn, that looks just like the trench run. And, so, and, I, was, and I was hooked. So, that's just like me and my brother. Hmm. We play with the Star Wars toys, we watch those Star Wars movies a ton of times, and he's a fan. And we get that by this clip to make sure that he is a Star Wars fan at heart before he is a director mm-hmm. of The Last Jedi. And he wants that to still be so he can make the fans feel like they're still Star Wars fans. Yeah, I mean, he... Ryan Johnson, his whole goal with the making of The Last Jedi, and this is why I'm still so excited about the rest of the movies he's going to be involved in, the writing of this new trilogy and the directing of it, is Ryan Johnson wants you to walk out of that theater with the feeling that you had when you were 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 watching Star Wars for the oh, first yeah. time. He wants you to feel the grandeur, the big picture, the the force is bigger than I can understand. And see what this is where I get frustrated with the haters of the last Jedi because the haters want it to be about backstory for Snoke. 
want it to be about the bloodline of Ray. They want it to be about all of these intricate plot details. And they can't get past those things to see it's an amazing story and the force is bigger than you can put your hand, your head around. And it's not just about the Skywalkers. There's so much more that's out there. And that's, you know, what's going on. What did you think about the, you know, and this is how the Collider interview began. This is yeah. the first question. Yeah. So anyway, what did you think about that, Samuel? I think that's awesome. I even think Nate and I did a few like really, really, really bad little movies or something. I don't know. I'm sure we did something like that, but I think that that's just so cool because we can, re- everyone can relate with that. I mean, we all had our little toys and we would, you know, go and play and make these awful stories, but to us, it was just hey, so cool. Mine were good. <laughs> well, but, you know, I don't want to get too fast through this topic. I mean, the ending of The Last Jedi is a little kid walking out into the night, grabbing a, a broom handle using the Force because this is Star Wars, of course. And it's awesome. Um, and it is awesome. But grabbing it and holding it like a lightsaber and looking up into the sky and dreaming. And I think, honestly, I think that for Ryan Johnson, that scene was in the movie because that's him. When he puts he put himself in that movie right there. You know how at the end, I'm just thinking about this right now, you know at the end of Rogue One, um, the director of it is the guy that hands the or pulls the lever that yeah, releases yeah. the Tanty for yeah. um, uh, Gareth Edwards, I think is his name. I'm trying to remember. Is that sound right? Gareth Edwards? Yeah, that's right. Um, he pulls that down and then goes, at, he put himself in the movie at the end. I yeah. think that Ryan Johnson put himself. Obviously, he's got a, a, car- a name that's not Ryan Johnson and he's a little boy. But I think Ryan saw himself in that boy with the lightsaber holding it up saying, live out your dreams. Mm. But then... <laughs> But then he gave a twelve-year-old boy in the theater, the ch- in the in the IMAX theater, the chance to live out his dream. So we're getting there. Okay, so let's back up. We started the first question. Um, and the topic was the, did, did Chewie eat the pork, and that was my question. And we had sort of talked about making that the question and use or make you know letting me use the fortune cookie and all that and. Um, you know, Nathan had brought up that he had a question that he wanted to ask, um, and it's a great question. But okay. we've been uh, teasing it this whole time. Yeah, it's a great question, but it you know it just it wouldn't have made sense for me to ask that question, and they called on me, so I needed to answer the question, ask the question that fit with what I did. It needed to be sort of lighthearted and fun, and not the question that you asked. The question that you asked is a question that a twelve year old would ask. So we're sitting there and they're asking more questions after that. And I'm not trying to put Nathan on the spot. You're a twelve year old kid, okay? I look over at you and I can see that you're visibly upset at one point. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? This is like an amazing experience. And I'm looking over here and Nathan, BB Nate, is upset. About something. So I'm like asking him and he's trying to tell me, but he's also trying not to be upset. And it's obviously about he didn't get a chance to ask his question and it was really important to him. Yeah. Right? They were nearing the end of the question. And we were getting close to the ends of the questions with it. So I don't want you to explain why right now, BB Nate, 
that you wanted to ask this question, answer, or why you wanted to ask this question and your thought process behind it. Because we'll talk about that in a second, okay? And I'll let you know when. Don't talk about why it was so important for you to ask the question in your head at that point. It gets to the point, Stephen Weintraub announces that they're going to be doing autographs and we have to start wrapping it up. So you got like five to ten more minutes. We're going to answer as many questions as we can or ask as many questions as we can. And Ryan's going to answer them. And I look over at Nathan and Nathan looked like he's about ready to take on like the New England Patriots at the Super Bowl and think he's going to win. His eyes have a fire in them in that moment. And he's sitting up straight and his shoulders are back and his chest is out. And I'm like, what is going on with this kid? And what did you tell me? Um, I'm going to ask the question. Right. So he's like, I'm going to ask this question. And I'm sitting there. Nathan is a naturally an introvert. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. He's like, naturally huge. doesn't like to talk in public and things like that. He's great at it. He's done it before. But he doesn't naturally do that. Right. And so I lean over and I'm like, it's okay, Nate, you can ask him because we have the autograph session coming up. We know it's coming. So I'm like, Nate, you can ask him at the autograph session if you want. And what did you tell me, BB Nate? No, I'm going to ask it now. And you meant that. It was like you were not going to be denied. So then they start asking questions rapid fire and like two questions get through. And then all of a sudden they reach up and point towards BB Nate. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? What is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> there was a few ago on the Millennium Falcon. Not our main one. I know oh, you mean one of the <laughs> What do you think his name is? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh, maybe Turbis? Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, <laughs> that Porg's name is not Turbis. <laughs> What just <laughs> happened? <laughs> Folks, okay, there's a name that's thrown in there. We're going to play this clip again for all of you listening right now. This is Ryan Johnson that's answering this question. He's answering BB Nate's question. It's a simple question. Tell us again what the question is. Um, what is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Like the main one. You right. Know, the one that's the, at the very, the whole end of the Battle of Crate. Screaming. Yeah. The one that was all the, all, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? And this is the writer and director of The Last Jedi answer, that, that's talking with him. So that's what you got here. And then he mentions the name of someone. He says, Pablo, if you're new to the Star Wars world and you're not familiar with Star Wars canon and the Lucasfilm story group, you may not know who Pablo Hidalgo is. A couple of years ago, I didn't know who Pablo Hidalgo was. Pablo Hidalgo is one of the heads of Lucasfilm story group. So let's give the background on that. First of all, he's been working at Lucasfilm for years. He's a huge Star Wars geek and nerd. He knows more about Star Wars than any uh, any person on, on the planet. And he's been working for Lucasfilm for years. But in 2012, George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney. And Disney made the decision that there was just too much going on in the expanded universe and too many things that were restricting the stories that they wanted to tell. So they made the decision to eliminate everything before 2012 from Star Wars canon except for parts of the uh, the Clone Wars series Mm -hmm. that had started before that. And let the Clone Wars be canon and anything new. The original movies, the Clone Wars series... 
And then anything new that they came out with from that point forward would be canon, meaning official Star Wars lore, officially right. recognized Star Wars inf- legend and, and, or information. And then everything else that was outside of that, they would just call the legends of Star Wars and they would be separate stories. So Pablo Hidalgo was put in charge of this group. And so Ryan Johnson mentions this guy on the video or on the, on the recording. So let's play it again for all of you. And for now that you've got a little bit more backstory, this is again, what happened on Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the pork on the Millennium Falcon? What is the name of the pork on the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> there was a few ago on the Millennium Falcon. Not our main one. I know oh, you mean one of the <laughs> What do you think his name is? <laughs> big moment. What do you think? Uh, maybe Turbis? Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that pork's name is now Turbis. That's Charlie's name. You can't hardly hear it at the very end because the crowd is like going flipping nuts. nuts at the end here. But Ryan Johnson looks at BB Nate and says, That porg is Star Wars canon. Boom. <laughs> what? I cannot believe that happened. BB Nate, what? in the world was going through your mind when all of that happened? Um, n- nothing. I was kind of <laughs> like... Just shell-shocked? Shell-shocked, yeah. Because I didn't even think I was going to get called on. Because they were only like... There were 30 or 40 people racing. Oh, yeah. Hands. There were still so many questions. And, and I was... Dad already had his question answered. Right? And I was sitting next to him. And I thought they wouldn't go near this again. And I just raised my hand out of just pure, like... I'm just going to do it because I just, just, I'm going to try. Yeah. And it happens. And I kind of am like, okay, what do I do? And so I ask the question (laughs) and I tell, and he tells me, what do you, I think it is. And I say the name and he says that Porg's name, that Porg is Star Wars canon. (laughs) (laughs) What? First of all, I doubt you're listening. We joke on this podcast almost every week that Ryan's listening to our podcast. Although Ryan endorsed our podcast. Oh, yeah. Check us out on Twitter. We'll have to add that. I was still busy adding sound effects from this that were like about making Star Wars canon. I forgot to add that endorsement. Ryan Johnson actually endorsed our podcast and told everybody to listen to it. And if you go to our Twitter page, Tatooine Sons, it's the first. It's pinned to the top of our timeline. So you can see the video of that there, which is absolutely amazing. But anyway... Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. So I lost my train of thought. But we're sitting there and it's just like you cannot believe that this moment has taken place. This night can't get any better. I'm not talking. Not, right, not listening to the podcast. What? You can just say it, Nate. I don't know. What he, he said. Oh, yeah. So I was talking about not him not listening to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Ryan. Okay. If by chance, because we're going to tag Ryan on this podcast and tell him that we tell this story on it and ask him to listen to it. And so, Ryan, if by chance you listen to this podcast, to this episode, in the mid- which would blow our minds beyond anything we could oh. imagine. Ryan, if you're listening to this, I need you to know you made a 12-year-old boy's <laughs> dream come true. And you don't know the rest of this story, Ryan. The part that you're about to hear is new to you, Ryan. We haven't told this to anybody and I want BB Nate to tell it. 
So BB Nate, first of all, how did you come up with the idea for this question? Um, well, I came up with the idea because I love porgs and porgs are like one of my favorite things. They're the Ewok of this generation. They oh, are the absolutely. Ewoks of this generation. But people seem to like the porgs even more than they like the Ewoks. Yeah, I was talking with uh, Stephen Weintraub. Yeah. And he was saying that, oh, I love the porgs. I di- and I didn't like the Ewoks, yeah. I, but I love the porgs. Yeah. So. And so I'm thinking, since it's a Q&A, we got accepted. So I started thinking of questions. And I'm like, well, what porg do you want to see on the Millennium Falcon? And I'm like, that's a good question. It's a little, it's What's a the name of the porg on the Millennium yeah. Falcon? Yeah. It's, it's a... It's a, um, a good question. A good question especially for, for kids 12. your age. And, yeah. yeah. And, it's and I'm like... Talking with Sam, Samuel Hutt, and we're brainstorming stuff. And we're like, what happens if he asks me what the name should be? And we yeah, don't in case know. he didn't already have a name. All right, don't tell how you came up with the name yet, because that'll be revealed in a second. But you had the name in mind. Yes. Yeah, we I didn't did. come up with the name. What's the name again of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Turn I'm going to ask you, not Ryan Johnson, the director and writer of The Last Jedi. I'm going to ask BB Nate. What is the official name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Turbis. Turbis. That is an awesome name. The crowd loved it. And we've oh, talked yeah. with other people. People on Twitter have said they think that name sounds like a Star Wars name. It's an awesome name for a Porg. Um, and we're going to ask you uh, as our poll question in a little bit for this week whether what you think about the name. But, all right, here, Ryan, again, if you're listening to this, more of the story. First of all, Nathan had his own little we, – we talk about dreams – we talked about headcanon. The fact that Nathan had thought up the question, thought up the answer, thought that Ryan might on some wild hair ask him to, to give a name to the, the Porg and had the name already picked out. This had been envisioned in your head before we ever even got to Los Angeles. You had thought this thing through. Yes, I had. Which is why you were so upset, I think, about not having at least the chance to ask your question. Because you, if you don't ask the question, none of the other stuff that you had um, imagined and dreamed about could have ever come true because you're sitting there afraid to ask the question. And so you decided to ask it. Yeah. I, I was being me an introvert. I didn't have the confidence to raise my hand with 150 people in the room. And during the whole thing, I they were getting to the end of the questions, and I'm beating myself up. I'm like, why did I choose that right now? Because this is a once in a trans- lifetime. Once in a lifetime like, chance, yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything like this anymore. And I'm like, I was stupid at that moment, so I raised my hand. You decided you weren't going to be stupid anymore. Yeah. You weren't going to let fear dictate your life. You were going to take a chance, and what do you have to lose? You don't get called on, you don't get called on, right? Yeah, at least you try. But at least you raised your hand. And in, and what and because of that you changed the history of Star Wars. So so explain though how how we came up with the name. Okay, okay Ryan. Please don't get upset here. This is where the name Turbis came from. So, we were trying to brainstorm some stuff and I I threw off the idea of like I think it was super stupid, but it was like Fluffy McFluffy pants. And, and <laughs> or something then, like that. And then what like, would have happened? Let's just stop for a second and take a step back and think. What would have happened if in this thing, you were sitting there and Ryan says, what do you think it is? Fluffy. And you said Fluffy McFluffy pants. Maybe we should put that as a poll. So. No. Oh, jeez. Um, 
No. And I'm, I'm, I told Sam, and I'm like, no, that's, that's kind of a stupid name. I mean, I know it's a child, mm-hmm. and I'm a child. So then we both kind of came up with this, this yeah, next Yeah, we look at our dog, and we're like, his name is Buster. And so we flip the syllables. Well, well at first we were like, what's it backwards? And we're like, Rusteb or something? <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. No. So we flip the syllables, and it turns into Turbis. Spell Turbis for all of our listeners, and for Star, for, to record in the Star Wars archives, go for it right now. What is the spelling of Turbis? T-E-R-B-U-S. Yeah, it's Buster with the f- syllable switched. What? You- <laughs> <laughs> so that porg is named after our dog. Kind of. The, the, yeah, the porg is named after Sorry, our Ryan. dog. Sorry, <laughs> Ryan. So on a PETA-loaded li- uh, episode, we want you to know we have a dog. We love him very much. We take great care of him. And he was the, a part of the inspiration for the name of the porg. On the Millennium Falcon. What do you guys think about that? Can you anything else you can think of to say after all of that? Thank you, Ryan. Yes. And thank you, Collider, for this. Everything. Thank you, Ryan. Like thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So and here's the fun. You know, um, we went. I went to tpublic.com and on our page where we have Tatooine Sons apparel and shirts and phone cases and Samuel Hutt stuff. Samuel Hutt, all the all the stuff. We went ahead and we made up a Turbis the Porg uh, <laughs> t-shirt and a memorabilia. So if you want to get your uh, first brand new, newly minted, newly canonized named Porg shirt, Turbis the Porg, you can find us on tpublic, T-E-E, public.com. Just search for Tatooine Sides and you can find the Turbis the Porg t-shirt and other apparel on that. Well, that leads us to this week's... Um, uh, poll for the new week. So here's the here it is. It's all about the porgs for the rest of this week. Do you like? We're putting ourselves out there. Do you like the name Turbis for? Oh no, we changed it at the last minute. This one's even better. Yes. Thank you. Never mind. You can tweet to us if you like the name or not. Here's this. I mean, who wouldn't? Though? So we're sitting there driving back on the way back, two-hour drive back from L.A. that Ooh. night, and it hit us. If this is truly the Porg in the Millennium Falcon, the the Last Jedi ends with that Porg still on the Millennium Falcon. He's standing on top of R2-D2's head. Your Porg that you named was standing on top of R2-D2's head. I know that. So I, I look at too. that every single time, and I love it. It's freaking adorable. So we're in episode nine now. It's time for episode nine speculation. Uh-oh. A will J.J. Abrams put Turbis in episode nine? Yes, no, or who is Turbis? That will be your question uh, on the uh, poll this week. So, well, guys, thank you so much again. Thank you, Collider. Uh, thank you, Stephen Weintraub, Collider Frosty. Thank nice. you, Ryan Johnson for loving Star Wars as much as we do, for being a fan of the idea of Star Wars, and for also loving the fans. The fans, in a lot of cases, a lot of Star Wars fans have treated you pretty poorly over the last yeah. few months. But you still have held, taken the high ground throughout this, Woo. Ryan. And you acted in a way on, on Wednesday night that was just amazing. And you made my 12-year-old son's um, dream come true. So thank you for that. 
Hey guys, uh, we're out of here. Unless you're on Patreon, if you're a Patreon supporter, we've got one more thing that we're going to talk about on there. Are you brainless? I never ask that question until after I've done it. We're smarter than this. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. shopping be as much fun as summer itself that's what macy's backstage is all about we've got the finds you can't resist the brands you love swimwear shorts sandals everything for outdoor entertaining pool parties and more with new deals arriving every week at prices so low you never need a coupon and when you see something get it because it's here today gone tomorrow that's the excitement of never knowing what you'll find, but always finding something. And just like summer, there's no better feeling. Visit Macy'sBackstage.com for locations. Shouldn't shopping be as much fun as summer itself? That's what Macy's Backstage is all about. We've got the finds you can't resist. The brands you love, swimwear, shorts, sandals, everything for outdoor entertaining, pool parties, and more. With new deals arriving every week at prices so low, you never need a coupon. And when you see something, get it. Because it's here today, gone tomorrow. That's the excitement of never knowing what you'll find, but always finding something. And just like summer, there's no better feeling. Visit Macy'sBackstage.com for locations.